Hey, by the way, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you, let me explain. Let me tell you how it works. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast directly. It'll be heard on Spotify, Apple, and just about every other platform out there. So it's very, very easy to use, very user-friendly. And best of all, it lets you monetize that. So everything you need is all in one place. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's right, General Quarters, man your battle station. This is Battleground, and today is 33 days till Election Day. We have a panel. Wow, that was war. That was a battle. Uh, some serious ass-kicking and then some serious bias. What the hell happened with Chris Wallace? I mean, we all knew he was a closet liberal. I think he came out of the closet. Um, man, I don't know. We have a great panel today. We have Alfonso Aguilar, former Bush administration official, uh, Dania. Uh, what can I say about Dania? The professor, former CNN producer, the journalist. Um, but back when it was not fake CNN and also Univision. And of course, the great Dan Garza, now viral. He is bigger than Daddy Yankee. His uh, tweet got retweeted, I think. Uh, man, I don't know. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Dania, Alfonso, thank you guys. Uh, let me kick it off with Dan real quick since he's at the top. Uh, your tweet, your famous, infamous, I don't know. I mean, you hang out with the president. You give us your charity once a month, you know, to come on Battleground. We appreciate you, brother. What do you think happened? What's your take? Um, break it down, brother. Well, look, uh, I was uh, hoping that uh, we could um, get uh, uh, Biden, actually, to uh, sink himself uh, by expressing his, you know, liberal status, collectivist point of view, uh, but sometimes the president wouldn't allow him to do that enough. And, and so in a way, I think it was a, a missed opportunity, to be honest with you, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I did appreciate, you know, the president, of course, um, emphasizing uh, in between the interruptions, you know, his record, uh, his record on the economy, I think, was uh, strong. I think uh, the points he made on law and order and calling out Joe Biden, uh, who has not received any support from um, uh, police organizations across the country. That's telling. That 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 means a lot. Uh, and I think American uh, American people are worried about you know something like that. Um, so it, th those kind of points, uh, I think he he scored. Uh, but yeah, uh, the fact that I think um, Biden was also moving away from a lot of the leftist point of view, the the the, the green energy, um, moving away from from um, uh, Bernie and and, and uh, of course his Bernie supporters. Um, was also telling, uh, those were uh, punches to the gut that I think uh, scored some points. But overall, I, I think it was a, still a missed opportunity and, and uh, it left us wanting another debate. Excellent. Dania Alexandrino, let us know your thoughts. What do you think? I, I, I kind of already know because I saw I was taking a peek at your show last night. So, <laughs> Well, I, I, I agree with Dan in many aspects. One of the first things I, I think, in my personal opinion, I don't think much was accomplished with this debate. I mean, I've been watching debates for as long as I can remember uh, because I started thinking of, on my own without people telling me how to think, uh, you know, since I was probably 15, 16 years old. And I got interested in politics since I was that young. And I've always had a, a thing for watching debates. My mom used to make fun of me. She's like, esta niña está loca. This good, you know, this little girl's crazy. Like, why is she watching political debates at such a young age? And 
in my personal opinion, I think it was possibly one of the worst political debates in modern history, not because of, you know, one side won or one side lost, is because of what was not accomplished. And in my opinion, I don't think much was accomplished by either side with regards to convincing those that are in the middle to move to one side or the other. Uh, you know, Trump supporters are, are still going to be Trump supporters no matter what. They voted for, you know, somebody who is a a, a strong, you know, someone who is a boxer, like literally he's a champion. He's going to go out and he's going to throw punches and he's not going to stay hit. And that's what they wanted. And that's what they saw. Biden supporters, regardless of how many times he dodged the questions, how many times he got verbally aggressive with the president, Trump's uh, Biden supporters are still going to be Biden supporters. It's those people who are in the middle that are still looking at, at the screen, like, what the heck did I just see? Like, who am I going to vote for? Because really there was no, not much policy discussed. Whenever the president tried to discuss policy, he was constantly interrupted by Chris Wallace. And, you know, to, to the point of Chris Wallace, having been a former journalist, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because, you know, uh, Chris Wallace, we all knew that he had, you know, left uh, inclinations, but we kind of expected him to be unbiased, to be responsible and to do his job as a journalist, which is to ask, to ask questions, to press both candidates equally. And the fact that he became combative with the president, that just simply let out his bias. I mean, we saw a debate, a three-way debate. We didn't see a debate between the president and the, and the former vice president. We saw the president debating with Joe Biden and with Chris Wallace. So I think that that's why I believe that not much was accomplished because it was just un gallinero, I called it in Spanish. <laughs> that's right. Hey, thanks, Annie. Alfonso. Love to hear your opinion, man. Well, I hear Danny, and I'm I'm so happy I'm not the only crazy person because I also started uh, watching the debates very early on uh, in my life. So perhaps we should start a support group, right? Uh, we we, lo we love the torture. Uh, I I agree also with Dan. I don't mind the president's aggressiveness. I think in this debate you have to be aggressive, but perhaps he overdid it. I think Joe Biden has a right to a public meltdown, and uh, he didn't give him that opportunity. Uh, having, yeah. having said that, so, so that's why I don't think we, we saw a meltdown from Biden. Uh, he wasn't like, uh, uh, his performance was, was different from the performances we saw during the primary, where at times he sounded totally incoherent, he had a hard time finishing sentences. I think uh, in that sense, he survived, but I do think the president prevailed for two reasons. Because at the end, you have to see who was able to, to influence voters. And we're looking at independent voters. And for them, the, number uh, the, the two top issues are the economy and security. And on the economy, the only thing we heard from Joe Biden was, I'm gonna raise your taxes, I'm going to rescind uh, Trump's tax cuts, which have helped the, the working class. And finally, we have to slow down the reopening of the economy. Those are all things that independent voters who want to get back to the labor market don't want to hear. So on that one, I think he helped Trump. Secondly, on security, I don't think he was able to respond well to when he was pressed on why he didn't denounce the violence during the summer. Uh, he even said that Antifa does not exist. It, it's an idea. You know, people have seen this violence. So on law and order, I give it to, 
to Trump. Then the second thing that I think where the president was effective is pressing him on, on the socialist ideas that he has embraced. And that's where he distanced himself, as Dan was saying, from his leftist base. Two huge mistakes. Remember after the primary, all of a sudden they start this mantra of unity, a big coalition, big kumbaya, we're gonna work together on a unity manifesto. And here comes Biden and says, you know, forget about that. I beat, I beat Bernie by a lot. First of all, he put down Bernie. And then he says, I am, the party is, is me. I'm the party, you know, uh, it sounds like uh, Louis the 16th, right? I'm the state, uh, I'm the party. And then he goes on to say when pressing the Green New Deal, oh, I'm not for the Green New Deal. Well, just if you go to, you have your iPhone ready, go to his campaign page, go to issues, go to environmental justice and whatever they call it, and you'll find support for the Green New, Green New Deal. He lied and he threw the left under the bus. So I say the president prevailed. For the next debate, I do think he needs to tone it down. He still ha can be aggressive, but you need to tone it down. In a way, however, I should say, it was Biden who started interrupting. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, I mean, I'm all, I think we're all old enough to remember the, the Biden-Paul Ryan debate of 2012. And in that case, it was Biden continuously interrupting and making fun of Paul Ryan. You know, you press uh, President Trump and he sees that the other guy's interrupting, he's gonna say, if you're gonna interrupt me, I'm gonna win in terms of interrupting. So, and he won. So uh, that's my take. Oh, fantastic. Hey, we're also joined by Willie Lorda, former uh, CNN executive again, again, before it was fake news. Hey, Willie. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we've heard from Dan and Dania and, uh, and, and, and now uh, Alfonso. It, it kind of seems uh, we're, all, we're all pretty similar on what we took, took out of this. I'd love to hear your opinion. Yeah, well, thanks for the invite again. Um, I actually had the opportunity to, to, to be completely fair at all this. I watched it twice and I even read some of the transcript because in the moment you see a lot of the stuff that happens in that moment, but it's basically the moment. So you got to take it, take your time to actually read into it. I believe that the, the president did an, an excellent job in pointing out uh, uh, policy issues, even though, you know, I agree with, with Alfonso that maybe in the next one, he needs to turn it down a little bit, but he, you know, he was, uh, he was on top of the, of the issues and basically Biden could not answer a straight up question. The simplest question he had no answers for. So I think in that end, the president was key in making the, the points that he needed to make. You know, the, the, the best question, there's two really good questions. The one was about packing the courts that Biden have no answers for. The other question was about law and order. It's like, who supports you? You know, I'll give you all the time you want. And, and obviously I have to give it to you that, that, that Chris Wallace, uh, you know, he, he did a, a horrible job. You know, I wasn't expecting it. I thought he was gonna be better at it, but you know, it, it, it was really sad. You know, he couldn't, not only didn't have control, but the fact that he was, uh, intervening in, in, you know, just to support Biden points, even when, uh, when, pres when the president was making that point about the groups, uh, the police the groups that supported you, that he, he was silent and he was, he was like, okay, you know, let, let's go to the other, uh, to another issue. It's like, that was the key moments. Like yeah, you don't, you don't do that on the debate. So, you know, the, it, it was loud. It was, um, you know, it was suspected. I wasn't expecting that it was going to be uh, that that loud and that you know that that confront, uh, confrontational in a way, but 
But like Alfonso was saying, when we had that other debate between uh, uh, Joe Biden and, and, and uh, back in the days with Paul Ryan, he couldn't, you know, he didn't let him talk. He was just all the time pushing and pushing and, you know, making fun of him. So looking at it now, it's like, wow, you know, now we, we need to attack the president because he was loud. He was a, something that you and I talked about. The, that is the president. You know, he's not a politician. The president, you attacked him, he's going to go after you with everything he's got. And what he's got behind him was the option of having the critical, um, the critical points that he was making in terms of policy, you know, from the, from the economy, from jobs, uh, from security, you know, law and order, all those points that Biden have no defense to, uh, you know, he had no arguments against it. So, you know, calling him names and all that sort of thing, you know, it might, it might've looked great uh, for his side, but it didn't make any sense at the end. Because what I saw after looking at it twice is that, and we talked about this, always the fight is, is trying to get that independent vote, right? So in this occasion, that, that pile of voting is so small, the country is so polarized that the president would just, he was talking to his base. He was talking to his base. And he, you know, he, he achieved something that, I don't know if the many people looked at this, but getting Biden to say that he was not supporting his base, that, you know, the radical left, you know, that was a, a, a huge point because what's going to happen now, the, uh, the Bernie Sanders people, they already started saying, hey, this is not what we signed up for. And same thing with the people that were supporting the Green New Deal. It's like, yeah, well, now I'm not for the Green New Deal, but even on my website, I'm for it. So <clears throat> if, Biden, if Biden actually loses 20, 30% of his base, <clears throat> sorry, and, and then the president solidify his base, he's losing the election. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and I think everybody has been on point on that, right? That, that uh, you know, this was a base debate and, uh, and, 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 and Trump played to, to his base. But uh, he did something that, that each of you have mentioned that, um, that I think is really the takeaway is he was able to get Biden to deny or disavow the Bernie bros. Yes. And, um, and by doing that, I don't think he can win. He can't win without the Bernie bros. I think we all agree with that. But there's also something that happened. And, um, and at the beginning, when I heard it, I was like, oh, crap. Here goes, here goes, the, uh, here goes the debate. The whole narrative is going to be around this stupid thing. And it was about Chris, uh, Chris Wallace talking about Charlotte, uh, Charlottesville and well, you denounced white supremacy and all that crap. And I was like, oh, my God, what, what, what the hell just happened? But when you read the transcripts, really, like you said, and you go back and, and, and hear that clip multiple times, you say, sure, I'll be, who do you want? Name somebody. Yeah. yeah. And it was Biden who said Proud Boys. It wasn't, it wasn't Trump. It was Biden who said Proud Boys. And he goes, yeah, okay, Proud Boys, stand, stand down and stand by. You know, they're group, proud guys or whatever he said, right? And when you go back and you look at who are the Proud Boys, like Dan was talking earlier, you know, they're, they're led by a, uh, by, by a Cuban black guy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, how the hell are they uh, a white supremacist exactly. group? Yeah. <laughs> they're a group of proud guys protecting their home from Antifa. Are you kidding me? Anyways, man, I'll open it up. Say, you know, whatever, whoever wants to jump in, just feel free to jump in. But, you know, let's kill this issue once and for all, guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.